Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This, this, this is the Drive and Dish Podcast. There's the Drive and Dish. Quick, quick. Welcome to your Kodak moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rafuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's go. Let's go. Two, one, two, one, two, Mike check. And just like that, here we are, second round of the NBA playoffs. Every first round series has officially been wrapped up. And, you know, for behind the scenes purposes, we could have had a game seven. Um, Memphis beating uh, Minnesota 114 to 106 last night, wrapping up their series. We officially got our second round of the bracket set. Uh, you know, I used to wait to intro and do warm-up jumpers, but with, now with the video form, there's no hiding from it. So our pal Justin Kuzart is off officially vacationing in Jamaica. I'm Kevin Rafuse. This is the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Got Carlton KB filling in. Follow him on Twitter at Carlton underscore KB, like the letters K and B. Um, if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you of course know Carlton uh, did summer league with us in Orlando a while ago. I miss doing that, man. I, I say man, it all the time. I hate so that they fun. took it out of there, man. And Vegas is fun. Like we we had a great time when we went to Vegas. It's definitely because every team being there, of course, raises the atmosphere a little bit as well. But there was just something about the intimacy about Orlando summer league and, and being right there on the court. I mean, you heard coaches drawing up plays. It was so easy to get audio afterwards and. You know, you had guys showing up. I mean, the first year we went, Kevin Durant was down there. So, um, you know, definitely missed that for sure. But um, Carlton joining us is a number one, super appreciated as always. And number two, fitting because, of course, Carlton is a big Miami fan all around, uh, you know, Marlins University of Miami, Florida Panthers, who I'm going to sneak in a little bit later with the Panthers <laughs> winning the President's <laughs> Trophy. But uh, we're going to start with some awards before we get into the second round. Uh, three of them out so far. Um, so start with Defensive Player of the Year. Marcus Smart winning over Mikhail Bridges as the runner-up. Uh, first guard to win the award. Obviously, we know this is real big man skewed, but first guard to win the award since Gary Payton. And that, to me, was, I mean, the coolest part, like bringing Gary Payton out. I like the way that they've kind of stepped up the presentation this year of the awards, it feels like. But um, it is pretty crazy that there just hasn't been a guard in, at all in that award since for over 30 years now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's definitely big guards deserving of it. It's it's crazy. Like you said, it's so skewed to the big man. It was good to see that they finally gave gave it to him because it's it's crazy. With small ball, we were still giving it to Rudy Gobert and big man. So it's shout out to Marcus Smart for, for getting it. Yeah, and he's Boston. definitely definitely deserving, annoying. No, Marcus Smart is the, t- uh, the prototypical, oh, you hate him if he's not in your team and you love him if he is. So it's good to see him get some recognition. Definitely. And I mean, he he's so important to that culture there in Boston as well. Like he's that guy. He's, he's the heart and soul of really of everything. You know, Tatum and, and Brown are the best players without a doubt. But Marcus Smart is, is that energy guy. He's that leader guy. Um, and, you know, they had the number one defense down the stretch, um, you know, really turn it on after January. And we'll talk about that here a little bit more as well. But, um, you know, between him and I mean, Rob Williams, Loki had a case, too. Um, but yeah. definitely cool to see that uh, drought broken, like you said, with the perimeter. Um, with Rookie of the Year, this one surprised me. Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year. He won it over Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Now, I'm less surprised with Cade because I think Cade – and full disclosure, I think Cade is still going to be the best prospect from this draft. Like, I think long-term, he's the guy I want. Um, but I was surprised, man. I thought Evan Mobley put in the body of work the whole season. The Cavs really overachieved. And I know Scotty Barnes did lead a lot of the advanced categories, so I don't want to downplay that either. But 
Um, and of course, the Raptors surging in the playoffs, getting all the way up to the fifth seed. But I, dude, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be Evan Mobley. I, I really would. This is the only one that's kind of floored me so far. Yeah, I too would have went with Evan Mobley. Like you said, the, he, just the consistency from start to finish. And he did it with two other big men on his team. And in a, in, a, in a league that goes away from big men, they weren't able, teams weren't able to get him off the court despite his size. They were able to play, you know, with, play next to Jared Allen and complimented him well. And I definitely would have given him, like you said, Kate Cunningham, who surprised me. I didn't know much about him going in and, um, you know, the Houston kid. The, the, they got all the hype, but I, I think just from start to finish, Evan Mobley was the best. And you don't want to downplay Scotty Barnes, especially since nobody, everybody thought it was a reach for for them to take him over Jalen Suggs to begin with. So, you know, he definitely balled out. But just the consistency that, that Evan Mobley, it was just like from game one, you could see his impact on the Cavs. And he was a big part of, you know, they missed it, lost in the playoff playing game. But he was a big part of that team. You know, if Jared Allen doesn't get hurt, they probably play, play the Heat in the first round. Well, and that's kind of what I feel like as well. Like the Cavs, more than anybody, dealt with a ton of injuries. And, and that's not to say, you know, the Raptors didn't deal with issues of their own. And, I mean, the Raptors came on strong, too. So you can't really, you know, you can't take the winning argument away from Scotty Barnes. Like, I don't think this is some outrageous travesty. But, I mean, it feels like Scotty Barnes was more set up to succeed right away. Now, I, I do agree with your point that it is worth mentioning. And to his credit, he was viewed as more of a, a project pick. Like he was going to be one of those guys who may take a year or two to develop. And here we are at the end of the season already, you know, winning rookie of the year, playing tons of meaningful minutes for Toronto, especially in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought from game one, Mobley for sure lit it up and, and kind of deserved that. Um, and then the other debate is, you know, really with the most improved. And so John Morant won this award. Um, and I mean, no doubt about it. Grizzlies number two. Uh, surging all the way up, Darius Garland finishing in second, who I thought was a great candidate who in pretty much any other year would have won this award. Uh, I guess it really comes down to the greater question. And this is something that John Morant brought up on his own when, you know, he, on, he went over on social media and he dropped the award off at Desmond Bain's house and said, this is your award. Like you deserve this. And Desmond Bain is, I, I think, a, a person who should be there in his own right. And this is something that Justin and I debated when we were giving out our awards is, should he be in this category? Like John Morant is a certified star. We have no doubt what he is. He's a franchise guy. The winning was there. Everything that they needed was there. Um, I guess the question was, had he taken his, you know, most improved leap already? And so are we just kind of almost retroactively awarding that? Or because I mean, I think I have no problem. Like I said on the podcast, I thought he should have won the award. I have no problem with it, but I understand the thinking there. I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think he was like, quote unquote, overqualified for the award? Yeah, I, I think he was a bit overqualified just because, um, you know, most improved, most improved mostly is, you know, who didn't see it coming. Like Desmond Bain, you know, Jordan Poole, who are players that, that balled out where you're just like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. You remember um, it used to be when we were growing up, it used to be, the high school kid who took a couple years and you could see when he was ready, the Jermaine O'Neal's, the Kobe, right. you could see when it was there, welcome to the NBA moment. So I think, you know, growing up seeing the high school kid, you know, second, third year is okay. Yeah. Now he's legit. Now he's ready. I feel, I do feel that John was a little overqualified just because, you know, maybe not the second seed and that's probably what got it for him. Nobody probably predicted that, but I don't think anyone is actually surprised that John Morant is balling out at, um, at the level that he is this year. No, and he played at an all-star level last year, like you said. So that element of surprise is completely taken away. And that's traditionally, you know, the way we say DPOY is skewed towards big men. That's really what this is. It's the guys that, you know, came out of nowhere or really took the leap. Like Darius Garland, right. I don't think may have been a surprise to anyone. But to be fair, I don't think people, A, were paying a ton of attention to the Cavs last year. And B, I mean, he wasn't near, like you saw all the potential, but he hadn't put it all together to this point where he was playing all-star level ball this year. Um, if that's the case, I would have gone Garland. If you take Jai out of the award, I, I would have been fine with Darius Garland winning it. Jordan Poole's another great candidate. Like you said, I would have liked to see him in the um, in the finals for this award. Um, and then the other one as well um, with Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain, I, I agree. He should definitely be there because, yeah. I, I mean, look at the past series against the Timberwolves. I mean, he was the most consistent offensive player on the floor, averaging 23 and a half points. Like he's a guy who really stepped it up. Um, I, I we the comparison has been there all the time, but the fact that him and Tyrese Maxey just went back to back in the twenties—it's just incredible values for both uh, for both of those franchises. 
and they're going to have good ones for a long time to come. Like Desmond Payne, without a doubt, a, a key piece of that rotation down there in Memphis. Welcome, everybody, to the Driving Dish NBA podcast. My name is Kevin Rayfuse. Joining me, as always, is my usual co-host, Justin Cousard. Again, like we said, he's down in Jamaica right now. Carlton KB is here. Follow him on Twitter, at Carlton underscore KB. Um, I know you don't have any tweets or anything like that. Justin usually brings the the tweets up right now. Um, but it does feel like a good place to sneak some Panthers in real quick, actually, before I do the rest of the intro. Locking up the President's Trophy, first time in franchise history. The Flyers were absolutely terrible this year. So I even we weren't remotely contending for anything. And so the fact that you guys got Claude Giroux, somebody who has been my favorite player in hockey for the past 12 years, basically. Um, you know, obviously I've loved that he's on a chance now to get a contender. Uh, you guys got the Capitals first round. Um, I mean, how are you feeling about it? Cause you're on the same side of the bracket as Tampa too. So you'll potentially run into the back-to-back champs, obviously the big Florida rivalry there as well. But, um, you know, what, what do you think is big for the Panthers going into the playoffs as they try to make this run? Oh yeah, no, we had, you, you know how, like, it just seems like sometimes winning, winning teams, winning championships, it's like, you have to see that sort of team. We have to see the lightning. Like I would, it almost felt cheated if like the Panthers somehow won the Stanley cup without playing the Panthers first or without playing the lightning first. But I mean, I'm excited. I haven't had this nervousness with the Panthers in a while. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned all the teams I'm a fan of. My favorite thing is being a fan of the Panthers. And the reason is like, you know, I just picked up hockey about five, six years ago. And with the Panthers, I'm completely ignorant to the rest of the NHL. All I know is Panthers players. So, like, when you're texting me, Chad Giroux, we get retraded them. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I watch them, like, yo, this guy is good. Like, I have no idea who who nobody else is. I I have no idea. He went to you guys. I was like, oh, my God, there's actually a chance he's going to get to lift the cup at the end of the year, which kind of shows the state of my flyers right now that I'm just actively rooting for our guys to get traded so they can go out and try to contend and win something um, and get rewarded for all their service. But I mean, yeah, you got, and the thing is, you guys have been good for a couple seasons now. And like a lot, of, you know, Barkov has been there. Huberto has been there. But I mean, it sure feels like you got the depth, the defense. I mean, if, if there's a flaw on this team or something that concerns you the most, what do you think it is? It's like you mentioned, defense. Aaron, Aaron Eckblad went down. They say he'll be healthy. for. Uh, they're hoping he'll be good to go for the playoffs. But we know with injuries in every sport, when you take an extended break, you just, um, you just can't guarantee it. And then – Sergi, baby, you don't know who he's gonna get. We may get the best goaltender we've ever seen, and we may get someone who gives up eight goals in the, <laughs> in the first period. Like the, you know, Spencer Knight is a good second. I, I, I'm excited for his future, but he's one year away. We're gonna need Bobrowski to come there. So def, def, defense and and goaltending consistency is the is, is what has me most nervous. And it's funny, like you said, Barkov and Zuberdo. You know, you it seems like common sense you picked so early they would they would develop, but man, <laughs> the, the Panthers hit on the whole running. You know, I was pissed that we got um Barkov too, because I wanted I wanted Jones. Oh, <laughs> I wanted yeah. the Jones defenseman, yeah, to go with go with Cabranson. And that's why I'm not a hockey expert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, if it had been Seth, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But obviously, yeah, what what a great player he's been for the Panthers. It's crazy that hockey, because they, they just ended. I mean, there's a game tomorrow. There's one last game between Seattle and Winnipeg in the regular season. But largely, it's over at this point. It's really weird to be flip-flopped. Like, usually the NBA is always later than hockey. Like, hockey's over right. kind of beginning of June. The NBA is pushing July at this point. And here we are in round two, getting ready for some action. Uh, we're going to break that down here in a little bit. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad, or read them on the podcast. If you're not an Apple user, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Of course, watch the video version on YouTube as well. Uh, going for subscriber 36, I believe. Uh, we're building it up, grinding it up. Um, so you'll be the Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year now, Marcus Smart or Rashid Wallace of our subscribers, so tune in there. And now a word from our sponsors. Well, the first round of the playoffs living up to the hype certainly so far, and you can get in on the first round action as well with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, you can get a risk 
risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DISHERS and bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DISHERS, D-I-S-H-E-R-S, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So, you know, you're a Miami guy. I was going to go by seating and and do the whole bracket. um, But I do think with the Embiid injury, sadly, that we have to start there. Um, Late last night in the middle of... Let me just recap this actually, because I feel like we got to start. Because I'm, I'm going to you were on a high with the Phillies, the good draft, weren't you? Because <laughs> Philly is so on. We beat the Raptors on Thursday. The Sixers closed out the Raptors. So that Thursday, the Phillies completed a four-game sweep of the Rockies at home. The Eagles drafted Jordan Davis and traded for AJ Brown, which was completely out of nowhere. Like almost <laughs> right. had to do the double take. Like couldn't believe that something that good had happened to the Eagles. And the Sixers had closed out the Raptors. Everything was good. It was a convincing win. Like you hadn't seen any of those the whole series. They held a third and fourth quarter lead. Like it it was, I was getting to the point where I was starting to talk myself into beating Miami in the second round. I wasn't quite there yet, but I was starting to believe it a little bit more with the way everything was playing. And then just like that, literally within 24 hours, the Phillies got combined no hit by the Mets. And then you get the news, the bomb, that Embiid has a broken orbital bone in his face and a mild concussion out indefinitely. Um, Of course, it happened with four minutes left. Um, Pascal Siakam just got him. Uh, one of those things, I don't think it was intentionally dirty. I don't think Siakam was trying to do anything weird or suspect there. I I don't think he should be suspended or anything like that. Um, It's just unfortunate. Um, And I mean, he was talking about it post game a little bit. Ironically, he's broken his orbital bone before Um, he wore the mask in a a series against your heat here uh, a couple of years ago. It was back in 2018 in the first round. Um, We got you guys then. The reality is, though, is I think best case scenario, he's missing a week. And if he's got to get surgery, it's probably the entire series. Um, I think it goes without saying that that pretty much takes the steam out of it. Uh, Joel Embiid may be the best player on the floor in the series. But regardless, like I was excited to see him match up against Bam. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, Jimmy Butler, our old friend, go back and forth together. I thought this could have been a, a good six, seven game series, like depending on, you know, what type of James Harden showed up. Tobias Harris, you know, if he could continue his improved play from the first round, like Maxi continue development, all these other things, because we know what Miami is like Miami. You guys are much deeper than us. Um, the Sixers star power needed to be firing. The reality is, though, is without Joel Embiid, like they can maybe tread water for a game or two. They're going to need more out of James Harden. They're going to need more out of Maxi. But I mean, you guys are just flat out the better team. And the most impressive thing to me that the Heat did in the first round was the was the last game of the series when you all closed out the Hawks, not having Jimmy Butler, not having Kyle Lowry, when you know your other guys, the bench guys, can step up and close that game out against a good team like Atlanta. That has to be impressive. And I do think in a way, which has kind of been the story of Miami being the one seed the whole year, that you guys are underrated and people are, you know. 
you guys are going to cruise to the conference finals now, put it that way. Like I, I said on Twitter earlier, I think this is a five game series. I want to be wrong. I think Embiid is going to gut it out. And I think we see him at some point, but you know, there's a chance the series is going to be in Miami. There's a very good chance they're down 2-0 before we're even a week from now to get even think about getting Joel Embiid back. Right. Yeah, I was joking with my brother saying I don't expect Embiid to miss more than two games. But like you said, in Miami, two games is more than enough. I've already made the call down there, told them to get, put our best strippers at King of Diamonds and, and Tootsies, <laughs> and we know where James Harden is going to be. But <clears throat> it's time for James Harden to step up. Like, I understand. And like, if, if, if at any time, like, dude, you're a legit superstar. Like, you know, the jokes and everything is funny. He might not be the most pleasing pr- player to watch, you know, trying to draw fouls. But if there's any time for him to show he deserves his MVP, he deserves the, you know, the the, the ridiculous Dwayne Wade, James Harden debates. All right, now's the time. Show us. Embiid is out for however long you're missing. The team needs you more than ever. You have you have Maxi, who's who's going to be an X factor for you guys in our opinion. If there's anything that kills this Miami team, like you said, we have death, but we are slow. And I just have nightmares of Maxi running circles around anybody that we put in front of him. So he's definitely going to bring the energy. This is on um, James Harden to make it a, um, a six, seven game series. And that's what, that's what I want to see. Well, so in terms of defensive coverage, because Miami's had success with the zone in the past against the Sixers. Um, and for the Sixers, I think on the other side, the way that they've had success against Miami's defense has been just trying to switch on to hero. Like hero's going to win six man of the year, but that's the guy that they're going to want to attack. They try to, to get in single coverage. Um, obviously Miami's done a great job of countering that, but I mean, do you think we see the zone at all with Embiid out? Because, I mean, the reality is the Sixers backup center situation, you're going to see Paul Reed. You might see Charles Bassey, who I'd honestly like to see. He's been balling in the G League, MVP of the G League this year. Because the reality is, is if you're playing DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap minutes, like that's just a net negative. They're going to get absolutely killed anytime they're on the floor. Um, So I'm going for upside, but clearly I'm not expecting them to even remotely replicate the Embiid production nor require that type of defensive effort. Um, you know, what do you think this does in terms of the scheme? Like, do we see a lot more just doubling and trying to trap Harden, trying to trap Maxi? Um, you know, what do you think Spoke cooks up here? Yeah, that's that's what I think he sp- cooks up. He's he's going to do similar similar to what he did against Atlanta. Um, they I've said this from the beginning from Spoke, even when we had the young Dwayne Wade um, team, so he was a young coach. He doesn't let one team one man teams beat beat him. Like if you have one player and everybody else did, he's gonna key on that person. So I expect a lot of double and double teams and attention paid to James Harden, similar to how we did um against the Hawks. And it's gonna be up to, like you said, everybody else. I if I if I were you guys, I would go small. You know, it, it looked convincing the five games against Atlanta, but bam, it's been struggling. And this actually went into the regular season. Like it's been swept under the rug because the team has happened to play well. But if they want to, if they want to, you know, if they want to move forward and, you know, be a serious contender, you know, um, Eastern Conference or even Finals, Bam is going to have to have to show up. And you know, for the longest it was, oh, Bam is there. He's he's next in line. You know, he's well deserved of the contract. You know me, Cal. You know how I how I could be against against Pat Riley. I don't believe in just giving max people contracts to give max contracts. I didn't think Bam is a max max contract player. I think he's a very good player. I understand the max contract, but it's like, all right, it's time to show us. Like, you know, no reason why, you know, Jimmy's great. You know, to play, me and you mentioned playoff Jimmy is great, but there's no reason why Jimmy Butler should be heads, head and shoulders above Bam and, you know, everybody else in the court. Like, he needs Bam's help. It really is remarkable. Just, I mean, the thing with Jimmy is it's like, he's always aggressive. You know, he's going to attack, but it's just the way the jumper starts falling come playoff time. And we saw it with just so much more efficient. I think it was up by 16% in against that series against Atlanta. And I mean, like you said, they had, I mean, that was the best defense team defense that anyone's played on Trey young. Like that was by far Trey young's worst playoff series. I mean, you guys had him in prison the whole time. Um, I want to go back to bam though. Cause that's interesting. What, what do you think? Like, what is has disappointed you about Bam this season? What would you what do you think he needs to work on to kind of live up to that max contract in your opinion? Well, it's it's just the aggressive. It's just you like to see him be more aggressive. Like you know how um you know it may be frustrating to see Embiid stand at the three-point line sometimes, but when Embiid decides that he wants to score or he's going to get his shots up, he gets them up. It's been times where you know Heat fans 
people make fun of Heat fans because Heat fans say, and it sounds ridiculous, like Embiid and Jokic kill them. And, you know, those are the two best centers. They kill everybody. But right. it's like it's in his head. Like he'll have he he he's gotten obsessed with being like the the point guard center to where he doesn't even look at the basket. Like centers have learned to give him three four feet of room, and it's like I don't care if you miss the mid. I don't care if you miss the mid range shoot it to make the defense respect you. So it's just his aggression. And, like, he'll have a couple bad games and he'll he'll do it. So it's like you said with Jimmy Butler where it's frustrating where it's the regular season, he's missing shots and he's playing. It's like he's trying to play bully ball. And then the playoffs, th- those same shots make it. It's just like, well, what what's, what changed? It's like that with Bam. Like, he'll have a game where he's just – he says his idol was Kevin, Kevin Garnett. And he'll have games where he looks Kevin Garnett like we're taking the mid-range and putting the ball on the ground and driving to the rim. And it's just like – Dude, nobody can stop you if you do that. Like you well, know, he's, he's he, got it, and this season now, or this series in particular, he's got a feast. Like he's got it because at least if he's going to be aggressive, get Paul Reed in foul trouble. Like if it gets to a point where DeAndre Jordan has to play meaningful minutes, you're going to kill us in those minutes, um, especially off the bench. Like that's, I mean, that's been. Miami's best weapon all year is the bench. Those bench units have just been absolutely lighting teams up to the point. I mean, I think it was 13 point differential with their starting rating or with their starting lineup at one point over the beginning of the year. Now, again, this is probably good for Miami as well, because in terms of the rest factor, I think that's just the other thing with the playoffs is that, I mean, look at it with Embiid. The Sixers were completely lifeless in game five. They lose that game at home against Toronto in a closeout situation. You have to play that game six. And obviously they handled their business. It was a great win up there, but you know, look at what it costs. Sometimes the healthiest teams are the ones that win titles. You know, I, I think for Miami, like you said, those first two games are going to be absolutely critical because then even at that point, if Embiid comes back, I don't see there's being any situation where the Sixers take four out of five games from Miami. Like it, there's just, there's not that much of a difference between these two teams. If it had been fully right. healthy matchup and I am disappointed because I want to see Embiid versus Bam, like selfishly as, as a, as a big man matchup fan, like that's one of the better ones you can get. Bam is elite defensively in my opinion. Um, I, I just, we're going to be disappointed there. I think Harden's aggression in game six was encouraging. Um, I've been, obviously down on Harden. I've said it on this podcast. Like it's been really disappointing outside of his passing. Um, I, I mean, he got up and even dunked in, in that game six where it was like, whoa, okay, this is the James Harden we're looking for. He's going to have to score. He has to score more if the Sixers want to even hang a little bit. But I, I do, I think Miami's really well equipped to defend James Harden. I think, again, give Maxi a bigger share of the load, and I think the Sixers are going to have to if they want to have any chance in this. I think he's going to get his, but if the Heat close down James Harden and successfully can defend him the way they defended Trey, I don't know if it's going to matter. Right, right. And um, it's funny you mentioned the the fifth game sitting out Lowry and Jimmy Butler. I think that was supposed saying, okay, um, if the Heat have any chance of winning the NBA Finals, it's going to be, you know, you mentioned Tyler Hero on the bench. The key, the key to um, the Heat's the Heat success this postseason is Victor Oladipo. I don't think Spo believed in him. So I think that game five, he set out Jimmy Butler and, and Kyle Lowry. He was already injured. He said, okay, Victor, show us. Show me you're this guy who we've seen in Indiana, who we've seen start to develop at the end of Orlando. Uh, and he did. So I think he earned himself some minutes. He's, he's going to take the Duncan Robinson minutes, which – Poor Duncan Robinson. Like, Max Struess went 4 of 16 that game five, and nobody said anything, Kev. If that – he fans has such a vendetta against Duncan Robinson, I don't get it. Like, it's, all it's, he did it's, was – It's the it. contract. It's crazy. <laughs> and it's crazy because he when he gets hot and gets going, like, he's just one of those he's run around one of the where best you out in the league, like, <laughs> when he gets hot. Yeah, and, and shooting is the most premium skill to have of the NBA, in my opinion, especially these days. I, I agree with you. I don't understand that either. Um, I get some of the – I'm like, I get maybe thinking he's overpaid a little bit, but just actively bad. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, I saw a lot of people wanting to trade him. It's like, look, if I'm a contender, I'm looking at Duncan Robinson. I'm lining up for it if somebody wants to move on from that. Um, Absolutely, because there's not a superstar that he can't play next to. Him next to Giannis is dangerous. Him next to LeBron is dangerous. Like, you name me anybody, and he can play next to him and compliment him well. Could you imagine Jokic just, like, hit him with a curl pass in the corner and just him splashing off those looks? It'd be absolutely ridiculous. Um, But, I I, like I said, I mean, the long story short, though, is it kind of – Embiid getting hurt takes the life out of the series. 
I think it's going five tops, and I feel like five is me giving Embiid coming back for a game and us taking one off that momentum. Um, I do. I think Miami Cruz is here, and I think that Oladipo thing is important, like you said. If he can give you guys minutes, that's a true X factor. I mean, he did. He was huge. What, he had 23 points in that in the closing yeah. game? And it was um, efficient, and he played defense. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you get any remote sort of Victor Oladipo the way he looked in Indiana, that is a genuine game changer because Miami's going to need, again, going whoever comes out of this Boston and Milwaukee series, which I'm about to pivot to here in a second, Miami's going to need all hands on deck because right now to me, that looks like the the series, whoever comes out of that is going to be the favorite at least to come out of the conference and maybe win the whole thing. Um, now, obviously, a little bit of steam taken out of that series as well. Chris Middleton confirmed with a grade two MCL strain. He's a minimum going to miss this series. If they are able to advance, he could very well miss a conference final series as well. Um, obviously, just terrible news for the Bucs as they look to, to repeat. Clearly, their number two offensive option behind Giannis. Um, and more importantly, in the short term against the series, Chris Middleton is like low key been a Boston killer every single game yes. against Boston, even when they've lost. He's had a tremendous amount of success despite that defense, despite them flying around everywhere. Um, look, I believe in Giannis too much for to me to think that this is going to be some rollover series now. Um, I had the Bucks winning in probably seven if everybody is healthy with Middleton out. I've got it. I shifted it. I go Boston in six. Again, I, I just think the firepower with Tatum and Brown and with how good that defense is playing with Grant Williams, with Rob Williams back in the lineup, with Al Horford looking like it's 2009, it, it just feels like they're more complete right now. I think Milwaukee is going to need a Grayson Allen to continue playing well and their depth guys to step up. Brooke Lopez, another one. Um, and they're just going to be Donis to be the best player in the league. Now, I guess that's kind of the point, though, is I do believe in Giannis enough to do that. And I think that's why I have the Bucs even pushing the Boston. If I don't believe in Giannis, this could very well be a four or five or just like the Sixers heat, in my opinion. But look, I'm not I'm never going to doubt Giannis in any series anymore at this point. I think he's more than earned that respect. Um, but I do. I just again, with Boston being complete right now, it's hard for me to see Milwaukee without Middleton being able to beat them. Right. No, I completely agree. And like you said, it's so disappointing just as a basketball fan. Like, I'm, I am was so excited to watch that series and still leaving with no Middleton. But, like, that's going to be a good series. I, I lead in Boston at seven um, simply because, you know, it's fun to make fun of the Nets and you want more. You want to see more out of KD and, and Kyrie. But the fact of the matter is the Celtics have just been the best, one of the best teams in basketball since January. Like, you know, their new coach, they had to get adjusted at the beginning. But like, you know, as a as a Celtics hater, I've I've quietly kept an eye on them, you know, seeing them in the in the Tim C and they've just climbed up and I'm just like, whoa, like it wasn't it wasn't talked about surprisingly enough, because you know, so much focus was on the Nets and, and what was going on in, out there in LA. But yeah, it's just like the Celtics are just on fire right now. And like you said, like you said, um, Marcus Smart is the internet goes. And like, you know, he's always been defense. He's always given them energy. But like he's become a reliable scorer for them. Like that jump shot, like, you know, I, I, I um, was mad at the Nets that game one closing out so hard on Marcus Smart. But he's consistently hit those shots this year for the first yeah. time ever. Well, and more importantly, he's gotten better about just cutting down on the stupid turnovers or the shots early. Like Marcus Smart, that that's the encapsulation of it all, right? Like even though he's been shooting better, old Marcus Smart pulls the trigger on that. And if you're the Nets, I live with Marcus Smart taking the jumper. Like, look, he's got the potential to hit it, but I can live with it. Like yeah. him having the hesitation there and the and just the ability to read the play and read the defense and make that pass to Jason Tatum, who clearly had a much better look there at, with the Nets' defensive breakdown, makes the layup, wins the game. Like that's the next evolution of, of what's made Marcus Smart so much better this year. Um, he he has he's cut down on he's cut down on the nonsense. I used to laugh at Marcus Smart every time because you, you remember Kevin used to be if he hits his first three, <laughs> the Love other it. team was in pull it the whole game, <laughs> right? And, and he's gotten away from that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and and that is what makes the more because all the other stuff has been there, like you said, the defense, the intangibles, the hustle, like that's always what would made him such an appealing player when he got drafted, going back to college. But the fact that he's able to add efficient shooting and just better decision-making with it. It's really the peak scenario there for Boston. Like you said, you know, getting adjusted to the Ime Udoka system, 
Um, I mean, it's just their depth too. Like Peyton Pritchard right. is playing great. Grant Williams is playing great. Bringing Daniel Tice back was great. They had, I mean, we said deadline wise, like the Harden and Ben Simmons move, of course, was the biggest one, but the Celtics were the other clear winners of the deadline. Like the fact that you oh. drop or that you swap Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder out for Daniel Tice and Derek one or Derek white, it's done wonders for that lineup. And they've, they've all bought in on their identity. They know what they're playing for. And they are. Like, I think that's the one thing is, like, if I put my Homer hat on, like, you and I as Heat and Sixers fans, like, we got no love for the Celtics, but they're good. I mean, I, yeah. I they could very well win the finals this year. Um, and it wouldn't remotely shock me. Like, I know a lot of people have Golden State higher right this second kind of on the the chances to win the championship depth chart. And I get it. Um, and I do think people are underrating you. Like, that's the thing is if Boston – like this series against Milwaukee is going to be tough no matter what. Um, I would have Boston as a favorite in a series against you guys, but like if Oladipo is going, you guys have the depth too to match and the offensive talent to match as well. Like that's not going to be that to me. If we look that far ahead, is a seven game series as well. Definitely, and it's something as much as I rag on Bam, it's something about the Celtics that he hates. You know, like that's the one team Bam does show up against the Celtics. But you know, like you said, to put my Homer hat on. Okay, if I want the Bucks, like they sweep us last year after a short after a shortened off season, and we were tired. Like, make you know the whole bubble fry thing. Like, I want the revenge on the Bucks so bad. It's yeah, because like, you guys smoked I, them the first time. Yeah, <laughs> and like I feel like we could do that again. It's like I don't think we're gonna see it. Me and you're in agreement, but it's like I am rooting for the Bucks because I want my revenge. Like, you know, just. You know, Giannis saying don't play with your food and <laughs> the jokes. It's like I've been waiting all year for that rematch, and now we might not get it. That is kind of the one thing that – I mean, n- not that Miami needs motivation. Um, I think when you have a, a coach as good as Spo, you never really need to get up for anything. He's always going to get the best out of his guys. But um, there, it does feel like there is a little bit of that bubble fraud trying to, to beat that mentality because, I mean, it has. Miami's been slept on – I mean, people talked about Brooklyn, I feel like, winning the title more than Miami. People have talked about my Sixers winning the title more than Miami. And, I, like, I don't know that I've agreed. Like, I get it with Milwaukee and Boston the way they're playing right now. But that was it to me. Everybody, like, Miami. And and I think you guys can hang with anybody. Like, again, probably would be the underdog, in my opinion, in that series. But Miami could win the Eastern Conference and it shouldn't surprise anyone. I feel like people need to give you guys a lot more credit that that could really happen. I think the reason um, why that's like, Kev, you've seen it, and you know, everybody says the NFL, every every league's a copycat league. So, you know, the Heat have had success with getting D-league guys. And, you know, being biased, I do think Spose, um, Popovich as being the better coach in, in the NBA but he, really, he's just a Popovich clone, and this Heat team is so boring. We're 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 the Spurs without Tim Duncan. So you know, the Spurs were born with the superstar. You know, possibly the best power forward we've ever seen play, and they were born. And that's this Heat team minus that superstar. So I I get why people sleep on sleep on them, just because like. You know, if it's not playoff, you know, Jimmy Butler doesn't play like this in the regular season. You know, Kyle Lowry just does enough. It's just like it's almost like they were waiting for this moment. And that's just not not pleasing to see. Like you got, you know, exciting guys like Caleb Martin and Max Truce. But, you know, just the average fan, you're not you're not going to an NBA game or putting them on your TV to see Tyler Hero or Max Truce and, and Duncan. Robinson no, and well, it's like, Martin. I mean, like you said, it's, it's the gems that. Pop would always dig out. It's these guys that you never heard of who then just would be key integral parts of making runs. I mean, hell, that was Tyler Hero a few years ago. I mean, Tyler Hero wasn't some big name. I mean, again, he was a first rounder. I don't want to say he was a nobody, but like Tyler Hero wasn't expected to be the guy that he is. Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, like look at all these guys that have played meaningful minutes for the Heat at this point this year and have just got it done. I mean, it's always that, and it's always just been the the picking up the solid rotation, guys. Um, it, it feels like their signings have always been smart. Like, bringing in P.J. Tucker is always oh, something yeah. that is smart for a playoff team to do. Like, he's clearly had success everywhere he goes. Like, those are the glue guys that kind of take you over the top, and that I think every team looks for. And you see why P.J. Tucker's a fan favorite, man. Like, he's just such a good, such a good guy to root for. Like, he's yeah. talking to the fans and, like, showing off his kicks. And, like, he just does everything you want to do. He, he's he's crazy accurate from the corner three. I didn't I didn't realize he was that good of a three-point shooter in the corner three. But, like you said, he plays defense. He gets gets rebounds. And he, um, 
I, I think he's taking taking a vendetta for the Bucks. He 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 said a couple times like it didn't make it national because it's money needed, but he just would like, hey, PJ, you had a good game, and he'd be like, yeah, man, I, the Bucks didn't want me, and it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? So like he <laughs> he he feels like he got dumped by his ex girlfriend. I mean, yeah, like. He came over there in the Bucks. It was a big part of them winning the title. Like he was in that rotation. He kind of, you know, he brought that that oomph that they needed. And and I get it. Like you, they let him walk. They didn't bring him back in, in the title defense. They thought they could do it without him. So like, again, it, whatever fuels these guys at this point. But I understand it. I get getting this. Like you, whatever it takes to get yourself up come playoff time. And Miami's in a good place to do it because, like you said, they're going to need that against Milwaukee. Like they're going to need any type of mental edge that they can get whatever it takes old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, all right, let's go over West. Um, again, That so the bracket is set on that side as well. I am going to start seed-wise first here um, and mention the Suns and mention the Mavericks first, the 1-4 matchup. Uh, the Suns closing out the Pelicans. Chris Paul, crazy 14 for 14 game. Um, first time it's been done in history in the NBA. Um, just another you know, added to the resume of Chris Paul's Hall of Fame career. Um, and then for Dallas, uh, winning 98-96, felt like a 90s matchup for sure in Utah in game six um, for them being able to close it out. Bogdanovich with a really you good You can't miss that, that shot. I know. <laughs> I know. And, and the thing is, you're not even mad with him taking it. Like, it's not a situation where you're like, how does Donovan Mitchell not take that shot? He was wide open. It was there. It's a make or miss league, man. I mean, what All else right. is there to say? Um, and I think, Dallas wins that series regardless. Like, I, I, I was impressed, honestly, with the fight in Utah in that game six because it, it feels like there are plenty of moments because we know what type of – and we'll have a whole summer to talk about that, but it's going to be an interesting one for Utah without a doubt. Um, but, I mean, look, Dallas has Luka Doncic. It feels like their depth is better than it's been here in recent years. Like, they're going to push Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to win this series in six games, but they're without a doubt going to give them a run um, with Devin Booker, it's good to see him back in the lineup. Thankfully, this isn't an Embiid or Middleton situation where he's going to miss time. Um, you know, likewise with Luca when he had the strain earlier in that series as well. But um, this should be a fun one. I'm, I'm excited to see the star power here. Um, I, DeAndre Ayton is going to be a key, I think, um, if he's able to score on Kleba, on Dwight Powell, play you know better defense on them, right. kind of close down the paint a little bit. Um, and I mean, I want to see what type they can play on Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like Dallas's identity has been defense the whole time. That's how they've been beating teams. And I guess the other question for them is, can they keep up behind Luca? Can the other guys continue to step up? Obviously that was the Jalen Brunson breakout series. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Dinwiddie had his moments as well, especially down the stretch. He had a couple bad games against Utah that you probably want to throw the tape out on, but you know, largely he's been the other big part for them as well. Um, I, I do think Phoenix kind of got the jitters out of their way early, if that makes sense. Like the Pelicans were pushing them, but when when it came to shove, even without Booker, they got it done. Um, and, and now here with Dallas, like Dallas is a really good team. It does feel like they're clicking at the right time, but I, I think Phoenix has also shot the ball terribly from three, and it feels like that's going to start to even out here a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. Like you said, the um the match, Jalen Brunson, man, have a series and, and have a season. Like he's going he's gonna get paid. He's made himself a Big lot time. of money. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's gonna be this next year's Bismack Biombo or the playoffs makes us so much money and then he goes back to being who he, who he thought he was. But like that uh, that Dallas team, you know, Mark Cuban has been trying everything to fit fit a good team to go around Luca. Like when I seen they they had um they eliminate the the Jazz. They're like this is the first series since they won in, in the 2011 NBA Finals. Crazy like, one that I'm still not over. But yeah, <laughs> I had no idea it had been that long. So you know, well deserved for Luca. And it, it is going to be a good series. Like I um I was just like you said, we all knew we all knew Luca, but it was like who was who else was going to step up? Brunson, of course. But you, you mentioned Dinwiddie, Ke- Keebler, who uh, <laughs> Mavs fans are, <laughs> are get frustrated with. He hit clutch. He hit clutch shots. It's going to be a, a tougher series than I originally thought. I still think the Suns get them in six, just because I just feel like you know their experience. Like you said, regression to the mean. There's no way they shoot that bad from three two series in a row. I'd be shocked. So I think the three point shots is ultimately ultimately what puts them forward. But this is going to be a much better series than I probably would have thought a month ago if you would have told me these two teams meet up. Well, Dallas is just ever since the trade deadline, like they're kind of like Boston in that regard where you didn't really think that Spencer Dinwiddie with how bad he was playing in Washington um, with swapping him for KP, like you could tell that Luca and KP wasn't working the way that they certainly envisioned when they made the trade initially. But, you know, when you see a, a Przingis for Spencer Dinwiddie trade on paper, I think it's a little jarring at first, but in reality, that's been quite the kick they need. And because especially, I mean, they're not playing with Tim Hardaway Jr. either. Like he traditionally has been the number two guy behind Luca, really the only other one who's been kind of any bit able, it seems like, to consistently carry the offensive load. Um, and I mean, I got to give Jason Kidd credit too. Like I, I've got to a bigger apology there because I was ripping that higher. I think a lot of people were down on it. I think hell, Dallas fans were down on it. Um, but I mean, I said on this podcast, like I thought this was one of the worst case scenario hires for Dallas. Um, and instead, it's been quite the opposite. He, he's been phenomenal. Um, definitely changed the defensive identity there around. Uh, yeah, Jalen Brunson is going to get paid, man. He's going to get so much money. Um, and to the point where I think he he it sinks for Dallas because he probably priced himself out of Dallas this offseason. I mean, yes. obviously, you would love to bring him back. Like, you want that consistency going. But um, I mean, I... Teams like New York, teams like Chicago have already started to like put the smoke screens out that they're getting ready to load up. Detroit's another one too, where it's like, hey, they might make him an offer that I don't know that Dallas can keep up with. So, um, but but certainly a great series for him, a, a great breakout playoff so far for yes. him as well. Um, I, again, I think Phoenix cruises though. I, I still think they're on a mission. Um, I we're on a crash course. I think pending anything drastic for that fully healthy Warriors versus Suns conference finals. And that gets us into the last series, the Warriors versus the Grizzlies, um, which shout to the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. That may have been the fun first or the most fun first round series. Just love the energy. Love that both neither of those teams are afraid of each other, getting in each other's face, talking smack. And that's kind of what we're going to see more of here. Like every time the Warriors and the, and the Grizzlies play, it's chippy as hell. Um, yeah. And so I'm excited to see it in that regard. Like they've been on a collision course. Um, of course, the Iguodala factor in there as well the Grizzlies always love any chance that they can get to go after him I um, wish they he, would let that go <laughs> I know I, I see in a way I got it I, at first I understood it because that when they had their breakout year it was like yo you could have been a part of this like you could have been our vet and been getting all the credit in the world for this um I do think they're at a point now where it's like yeah you're established like you don't need to prove anything to anyone anymore um go out and beat them um, Steph Curry has lit up the Grizzlies in his career, and I think that is one thing to see if he does it here again. Just outrageous numbers. Is it the Johnny Flynn thing? Like, why is Steph so <laughs> – like, he is ridiculous against them. It has. It's like – it feels like them and Portland are the two franchises that he just has perpetually just rained terror on for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies aren't afraid. And the thing is, I mean, again, Desmond Bain playing great last series, shooting the ball really well right now. Dylan Brooks, it feels like, hit the shots he needed to when it matters. And he's a guy that they're going to lean on in the fourth quarter big time. And I think the other thing that's encouraging is, is that John Morant didn't really play great in a couple of those games. Um, I mean, they were down double digits in five of these games, which is insane. That I mean, again, the the, 20, the comeback, the most infamous, that was just unbelievable. Um, I was actually in – that was when I was off last week. I was down in Fort Lauderdale, and it went from, oh, man, this is the last game on tonight. This kind of stinks to – Yo, 
should we get them to flip that TV back on to, oh my God, Memphis is going to do this. They're really going to blow this lead. Like that's one of those just kind of surreal ones to watch. Um, and I think, again, the, the energy that Memphis is going to bring, I think Jaron Jackson probably plays better as well than he did last series. Um, you know, you know, he's always going to bring it defensively, but um, in terms of him shooting the basketball, it was a big, big series to forget against Minnesota. Um, and with, in terms of, you know, Golden State, what else is there to say? I think the, the good thing for them is that they can match up really well. Um, I like Gary Payton, the seconds matchup on John Morant. Um, he may get like 25 minutes a night or something. I think they're going to try to put him right. there whenever he can um, get him to keep up. Um, but again, being fully healthy, you know, the way that they've adjusted now getting Steph Curry back into the lineup, Jordan Poole coming off the bench, um, the way he shot the basketball to start, uh, Clay Thompson back into his rhythm, Draymond Green doing all the things that Draymond needs to do for this team. Like, I, I just think Steve Kerr has a good rotation right now. Again, it's nice when the chemistry doesn't really need to figure itself out. It's only minor things. And, I do the way they've kind of turned up the defensive identity as well. It's going to be a good series. Like, I don't get me wrong. I could see this one going seven. I have it going six. I think Golden State wins in six. But Memphis is good. They're scrappy. They're going to annoy the hell out of teams at home. Um, but I, I do think Golden State just, again, this is where the experience matters, I think. And a little bit of revenge factor as well. I think that Golden State may have some motivation. You know, we talked about some eliminations Memphis eliminated Golden State in the playing game last year when Steph was going crazy. I think he may want that back as well, and this is certainly a good chance to do that. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm the opposite of you, man. I think it's the Warriors in five. Like I watched that. I watched that um, Minnesota Memphis series closely, and I was just not in place. Like I've so this season, I've turned into Anthony Edwards has turned into one of my favorite players. I thought we were yep. moving away from the three level scores. He is a legit three level scorer. Can yep. hit the mid range, and his interviews are fun to watch. Like we got to get him get him out of there. And as a um a bandwagon Kentucky bandwagon Kentucky basketball wait, fan, wait a, wait a minute, Minnesota has the best season that they've had in years, and you're already trying to get Ant out of there, man. Let yeah, because I don't like any of the other players. Pat Bev is annoying, and as a as a Kentucky bandwagon fan, it hurts me to say this. Oh man, Carl Anthony Towns. Jimmy was right about Carl Anthony Towns. He is so <laughs> frustrated to watch. Like he stands at the three point line. <laughs> like get it. they literally put Dylan Brooks on him, and he did not take advantage of that of that matchup. You can't do that. It's crazy with Carl Anthony Towns because it feels like he leaned into being the villain way more this year. Like be it the Pat Bev influence, whatever it may be, but. Now I feel like everyone people are hating on him. Of him about it. <laughs> yeah, everyone, the whole league made fun of him about it. So he made fun of him for being soft, and now he starts barking back, and it's like, yo, Cap, maybe you should just go chill out a little bit. Man, <laughs> oh, man. In a way, I do feel bad because it, it seems like he gets way more than he deserves compared to some other players. Um, I do think – I get the frustration. Um, it doesn't feel like – you know, you mentioned with Embiid and Jokic, they just go and get a bucket when they need to. Um it, with Carl Anthony Towns, with how good he is on the offensive end, he should be doing that as well. Like, he's never right. going to be as defensively good as, like, even a Gobert or a Bam. Like, they'll, they'll always be better defensive centers. But all you got to do is be a plus defender with your uh, offensive ability, and you're going to be one of, in that conversation right there with Embiid and Jokic. Like, he has that potential to be. Um, I mean, for Minnesota, they'll be fine. I mean, again, Ann Edwards' breakout. Jaden McDaniels just having an absolutely incredible series. Looks like a big piece of that team's future. Like, I think they're going to be fine. I also think D'Angelo Russell is kind of getting more flack than he needs to. Like, it's concerning for sure um, that he's not in that closeout game in the last five minutes. Um, and he didn't shoot the ball well that series. But I'm also like, yeah, he had one bad series. I'm not ready. I think they need another ball handler for sure. But, you know, I'm not just totally ready to pull the rug out on D'Lo yet. Um, but I mean, I agree. That is the concern for Memphis is where it's like, on one hand, that's great. They came back from all these double digit, you know, deficits and they were able to close out these games and play strong in the fourth quarter. I don't think Golden State is going to let them come back from double digit right. deficits like that. Like that's the difference is Minnesota hasn't been here before. Like even with Memphis playing in the play in and getting playoff experience, like they've had a little bit where it didn't surprise me that they win that series and, and do well in those moments where, yeah, with Golden State, we know what Golden State is at this point. Like they've yes. they've all been here a zillion times. You're just you're not. You're not going to be able to do that against Steph Curry. You're not going to be able to do that against Clay Thompson. And even if you get up big on them, they obviously have the firepower to get back in it pretty quickly. Um, I just like Steve Kerr's rotation too right now. Like I think it's yes. it's really on to something um, with Wiggins and with um, Otto Porter Jr. as well. Um, it, it just feels like they're in a groove right now. 
I really do want to see the Phoenix Golden State matchup, not just for like Chris Paul versus Steph Curry again as well. Um, but I, I do. I think those are the two best teams in the West right now. Um, and then, I mean, whoever comes out the of league. there is – what's up? No, I said possibly the league, two best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like – do you feel like with Phoenix that – and I get it, I, I know that they shot the ball really poorly last series, and New Orleans was playing to – great basketball and I think they deserve a lot of credit like they were never going to be a typical rollover eight seed do you feel like that it got real disrespectful really fast for Phoenix like Phoenix won 64 games they were by far the best team in the league all year from start to finish and I saw them as low as like five or six on some like Vegas betting boards to win the title like I know book got hurt but as soon as book came back for game six it's like yo if they're healthy what changed Right. It's, it's the Chris Paul effect. I feel at this point, people are waiting for Chris Paul to either disappoint or get injured. That's unfortunately been what, been what he's been, you know, this, this, um, his whole career. Like you said, he went 14 for 14. Like Chris Paul has teased so many teams. Like I have a Houston fan who, who tells me about the times Chris Paul, they had, they had a, uh, a championship. I got a, a Clippers fan who, te- who, can, who can tell me about a season where they won. It's just like, Unfortunately, it's been bound before sooner or later. And unfortunately, it's been later. Like when when the team is needed the most, either he just has one of his games where he looks le- legit like Cliff Paul or he's gotten injured. So I think it's just like Vegas, like, no, you we're not falling for Chris Paul in this nonsense again. Oh, and that really it's crazy too, because he has so many of those moments. Like I even go back to, you know, you go back with the Clippers, that game winner against the Spurs the year after the Spurs won the title in that game seven. Um, going 14 for 14 to close out the Pelicans. Like, that's an all-timer. It does feel like, it, which is crazy, because I don't think anyone thought this, obviously, initially when he went to Phoenix, but I think really post-Houston. Because, I mean, when they pushed Golden State and then he just got hurt, it's like, the guy's just stake bit. Like, there, that wasn't right. even, you can't even blame a collapse there. Like, he just got hurt. His body failed him after they won that game and were up it and couldn't close out the last two this is as good of a chance as he's ever going to get. I mean, obviously he was there last year up to O, um, but that's the, been the comparison all years that everyone's wanted to is with the 2014 Spurs losing that absolute backbreaker to you guys with the Ray Allen shot and then losing game seven in Miami and then coming back and winning the next year. It still feels like Phoenix has that in them. I, I get that Golden State is healthy and I think Golden State hasn't been healthy all year. So I don't want to downplay that and downplay their experience, all these other things that we just talked about. Like, that's going to be an incredible series, I think. But I don't want to rule out Phoenix here either. Like, they don't need yeah. – it's pretty telling for me when they say they don't need any motivation. Like, that's the sign of a good locker room. It's like, yo, we lost last year. I'm not, we're not worried about other teams. We want to get back here. We know what we left on the table. I mean, for the young core, the validation there, the first championship in franchise history motivation, and then obviously for Chris Paul, like – there's there's just something about that first title. I mean, you know how it felt with the Heat in 06 with Dwayne Wade. For me, it was with football, with the Eagles back in 2017. Like, there's something about the first one that just stays as an all-timer there, um, or unless it's just been a drought, the way like Milwaukee had, for example, where, you know, you've right. got one since Kareem. Obviously, it means the world when Giannis comes out and gets one. But, I mean, what's LeBron's greatest achievement? The title in Cleveland. Like, that's the one that put him in the Jordan conversation, I think, for most people. So, um it it would be i mean chris paul i think again it, it the legacy discussions are kind of ridiculous with him at this point um but it does shut up any remote doubt if he's able to get the, to win the title this year and, and it feels like a lot of people have just jumped to golden state already and go nope this right. is it we're back with steph curry and it's like i wouldn't be surprised if that happens but phoenix won 64 games like let's yeah. put some respect on it a little bit and like you mentioned, you mentioned Aiton. We got to see more from Aiton and Crowder, man. My, I, you know, I, I became a big fan of Channing, uh, Jameson Crowder when he when he played with the Heat. Like, like you said, his shooting was horrendous in the first first series. I expect that to go up, but like, we don't need Jameson. We don't need to see Crowder shooting eighteen threes <laughs> over yeah. two game stretches anyway. Like, I, I think Chris Paul. Uh, I'm I'm I am rooting for Chris Paul because, like you said, it just. It, Players like Chris Paul have gotten a championship sooner or later. It's like they've gotten their team over the hump. And maybe this is what they need. Maybe they need people to not pay as much attention and like the Warriors. And, you know, maybe maybe he needs to have, be out of the spotlight to get it. 
It does help because in a way it's like it feels like Phoenix should have a target on their back every single game and they just don't like they don't as the number one team in the NBA this year. Like I think you're more likely to find people just collectively. I'm talking, you know, NBA Twitter, even analysts at this point who are higher on Golden State, who are higher on Boston, who are higher on Milwaukee. And again, I'm not downplaying any of those like they all have very real chances to win the title. This does feel like at least the most in a while wide open. Um, where right. it feels like anyone can win the title. Like I could, you could talk me into four or five teams probably winning the title right now. Um, yeah, where and that's past, never been the case. No, the past not, had not in a while or, it's either been LeBron or the Warriors. Like at least in recency, and then go back before that a couple different ones. But um, either way, it should be fun, and I'm excited about the second round. Uh, let us know all your thoughts about our picks. Uh, tweet at us at Drive and Dish NBA. Um, and of course we will be, uh, watching the second round here. Uh, hopefully we see my friend Joel Embiid at some point, but I can't say I'm feeling optimistic. He'll be out there balling. He'll be out there. I, I, I expect him to be, I kind of expect him to be out there game two. I, I would be shocked if he's not out there by game three. It would, if he doesn't need surgery, I think he's back by three. I think three is, is next Friday as of recording this game. One is Monday. I, I there's no chance he plays in game one, in my opinion. Right. I'd be stunned if he plays too. I could see it knowing that it's Embiid. Like, look, this is a tough dude. He's already playing through the, the torn thumb right now. Like, Embiid just, it feels like it's beaten up every playoffs. Like, that's just part of what's what was cruel about this particular injury. Um, I do think he's back there by three or four. I just, again, I unfortunately feel like it's going to be too little too late at that point. But we shall see. Either way, either way going to be a fun one. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Appreciate you guys as always. Find the podcast anywhere you can stream a podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad, Apple Music, Google Play Store, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Spotify. All those places were there. Watch the podcast on YouTube where you can see Carlton and I going back and forth. And again, big shout out to my man Carlton KB for filling in here on the podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Carlton underscore KB. I know we talked Panthers here a little bit earlier. Uh, you got anything else you want to plug last minute? Any other takes that you'd like to get off? Uh, we want to talk I about got- Stevie Wonder. <laughs> He can see. He he's watching the playoffs with this. <laughs> Man, I love Chuck. Hey, I tell you what, though, we mentioned the Jazz. Um, that was Donovan Mitchell's last game in the Jazz. Yeah, I think so too. He um he, he maybe Tyler Hero's last game whenever we play. <laughs> I kind of feel like that swap might happen. Hey, I oh I that's, never oh, that's interesting. Okay, I was like, wait, I'll why? never I forget like, being more mad at Kevin McHale for trading Kevin Garnett to to his old team in Boston. Hey, D-Wade, man, go ahead and sit down and mention <laughs> Go ahead and sit him down. Sleeper agent Dwayne Wade was activated. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Like, I, I do think – and the wild part about it is I think I'm at the point where I might trade Donovan before I trade Rudy. And I never thought I would say that sentence. But I just watched the Jazz not defend anyone besides Rudy Gobert – and then, then blame Rudy Gobert somehow is the reason that they weren't successful after it felt like at times they were freezing him out of the offense and that they didn't play a lick I, of perimeter defense. I thought that stat where Donovan Mitchell only passed it to um, um, Rudy Gobert one or two times in like a ridiculous amount. I was like, there's no way. And I watched Crazy. it. And he literally would do everything but pass it. Like the reason when they won that game and he got that uh, on the alley of dunk, it's because the Mavs didn't expect him to give Rudy Gobert the ball because why should they? Like he's never done it. No, it was great. Like the first game of that series was one of the more jarring things I've ever seen on an NBA court. Like when it was a situation where, I mean, Rudy was actively posted up against smaller defenders in good position, calling for the ball where as he catches it, he rolls off and dunks the ball. And they were just like, no, nah, we're good. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Um, really, really great. I'm with you. I think Donovan Mitchell is gone. I think him being not verbally committing to Utah long-term afterwards. Cause I mean, you can only tweak the roster really because if you're paying Rudy and Donovan, which is fine. Like if that's what you want to keep doing, I'm not necessarily saying that's the wrong path. You're going to get a lot. If you trade Donovan Mitchell, like that's the thing is like, you're going to get a lot. And if you keep Rudy and retool, it may not be that long before you're all that good again. Like, and I'm not trying to downplay Donovan Mitchell that in a way feels disrespectful, but 
he, like, to me, he has way more value than Rudy if you decide to trade one of them. Following that bubble season where him and Jamal Murray went off, like you would have expected Donovan Mitchell to carry, like with, with Luca missing two games, that should have been that should have been enough for Donovan Mitchell to carry the Jazz to the next round. The fact that it wasn't is surprising. Like he's he's a little, I, we, I think we expected him to be a little bit higher at this at this point of his career. I expected the scoring to become a little more efficient. I think that's the biggest thing is like he can score, but he takes a lot of shots to do it. Um, you know, when it's on, it's on. That's the beauty of, of having a gunner. Like when they get going, look out. But um, like you said, I, I think that when the because when his shot's not falling, he's not a great defender. Like that's the other thing too. Is he's just got to get a little bit better defensively to be in that like, you know, best guard conversation essentially. But we shall see. Certainly fun times ahead in Utah. I got a dollar here on Duncan Robinson, D-Wade. Listen, I mean, it, and it wouldn't be the worst deal in the world for you, Tom. I'm just saying, but we'll have a whole summer of that. Uh, if that goes down, let it be said that Carlton will be right back on the podcast. Regardless, appreciate you filling in for Justin appreciate this week. Justin will be me. back. Justin yeah. Stutton in Jamaica. What's up with that? Bro, Justin went to Jamaica, just casually dropped that two episodes ago. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're sending me to Jamaica. And it's like, wait, is that normal? Like, man's been yeah. down there for a couple of days hanging out. Yeah. You know, all expen- if he's not. He said work. I was podcast, like. I'm like, what the hell did Justin get a new job? The, the job that, <laughs> that I know of is sending him to Jamaica? Could you imagine if Justin just was on Jamaican radio? That would be the funniest thing in the world <laughs> if you, you had Justin on Jamaican radio. I would pay money to listen to that. Justin, if you hear this episode before you get back, please try to get a demo or something in for us. We need it. I do. We need it badly. <laughs> I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? Be a star side. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Get your home. Hey. Let's go while we're young. All right, all right. I think they get the point. <laughs> <laughs>